You're listening to Youth and Loud. The show that's the show that's quiet about the trivial things, but loud about the important things. We discuss all issues relevant to youth. If you'd like to find out more about the show or have a topic idea, check us out on Facebook and give us a shout by searching Youth and Loud. On this episode, I interview Sam, who works in homelessness support at Anglicare. Sam talks about his role at Anglicare, some of the ways that Anglicare support young people, some of the factors that can lead a young person to become homeless, and some things the Australian community can do to support youth who are at risk of homelessness. Uh, good day, Sam. Uh, how are you doing? Very well, my friend. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks. So I guess just to begin with, um, Sam, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your role with Anglicare? Um, yeah, no problem. So I've been with Anglicare since I was 20 years old, and I've gone from working uh, in the homeless services team as a welfare worker to now, seven and a half years later, I'm the community project planner across three of the sites, which is Homeless Services and the Mission House Program, um, which is effectively a community development role. Um, as it sits right now, uh, we're spending a lot of time at our new Mission House site, which um, used to operate two days a week. It's been expanded. Um, it's now five days. It's acting as a bit of a COVID response from Anglicare in metropolitan Melbourne, as well as continuing emergency relief site so that's sort of where we find ourselves as of today what are some of the ways that anglicare um support young people who are homeless or at risk of homelessness yeah so well i mean um traditionally anglicare is about um foster care and resi cares and sort of things like that and that's not exactly um where i've worked but just by being part of the anglicare community you are across these things um one of the big programs that they've been pushing at the moment, which has proven to be a really good success, is called um, the Home Stretch Program, which, as it sits in Australia right now, once kids turn 18, they're no longer eligible for care in resi units, which it's, it's sort of this arbitrary age that we all decide we're adults, but I think anyone who's over 18 knows that that isn't really true. Um, and this program is around giving these kids the opportunity to stay in care, to work through getting employed, um, finding private rental, you know, maybe helping with their mental health or alcohol and other drug issues. It's a whole range of things because there's a really strong correlation between kids finishing care and then falling into homelessness. So that's, that's one of their sort of big flagship programs that, you know, has started to be taken on in, um, across Australia, I think it's 250 kids at the moment, don't quote me on that, but but it's, it's that's sort of one of their big things they're doing, and that's for stopping kids falling into homelessness once they're out of care. Yeah. So Sam, can you talk about some of the main ways that a young person might need to be supported if they are experiencing homelessness or they're at risk? I guess what what's some of the support that they need would it be support with education, support with finding work, support with mental health, 
Um, or does Anglicare kind of, I guess, touch on, you know, those different issues at the same time when it comes to supporting uh, young people? To just use this Mission House site as an example, um, the model that we're um, trying to emulate is what's called a hub-and-spoke model, um, which is acting as a community hub and having lots of different pathways for people with lots of different problems. Um, for us, that isn't specifically uh, youth, but we have lots of young families. Um, we have lots of people at risk of homelessness. Um, and that isn't even necessarily saying that um, those referral processes or those spokes are just to Anglicare. They're to a range of different services because as it sits, no one organisation has all the answers to an individual's problems. And we need to create a... Uh, a web of utilising all our strengths as a sector mm. um, so that people in these situations either can get out of homelessness or don't fall into homelessness. Um, that said, Anglicare has a range of different programs that, um, you know, from their ER sites like mine, um, they have a teacher program, which is around providing support with education for the families, kids in resi units, kids in foster care who might be struggling with education because the the silver bullet to all these problems is education and the more that people have access to it and the more that they're getting the best education possible the less likely these sort of they're to fall into homelessness when they when they reach that age where they're no longer being taken care of what i guess uh are some of the challenges that young people face when they're homeless or when they're at risk of homelessness? Uh, what, what are some of the challenges that they might uh, encounter? One of the big ones that... I'll, I'll go from the perspective of people, um, and young people who are homeless. Sure. And it, it sort of doesn't sound like a major one because there are massive issues with mental health. The longer you're on the streets, the more likely, likely you are to develop a mental health issue. When you have certain mental health issues, you become more susceptible to alcohol and drug dependence and those sort of things, which are massive issues. But one of the big ones that sort of stops improvement in those things, just simple organisation. People who have four, four walls and a roof um, take it for granted that, you know, you can plug your phone into the wall, set your alarm so that you wake up on time. You know where you're going to be each night. You you know that, that your phone's going to be charged. You know that your alarm's going to go off. You know that you places when you're sleeping on the streets if your phone's dead you might not you're not going to wake up on time you might not be able to check your calendar if you don't know where you're going to sleep on any given night it becomes really difficult to determine how you're going to get to the places you need to get to for maybe help with those mental health or those alcohol and other drugs or housing meetings sort of thing and it just becomes this you know horrible circle because everyone identifies that you you need these these tools to help overcome some of your issues but a lot of the time people just don't turn up to meetings because life's life's really chaotic when you're homeless and when life's chaotic it's really hard to organize things yeah and that's just one of those things that makes makes it makes a big difference that you don't really think about as someone who does have somewhere to sleep every night yeah so when it comes to young people who are homeless or at risk of homelessness, um, how prevalent is it in Victoria or Australia? How, how common is it? Speaking to Victoria, I had a look at the 2016 census. I think it's about 6,000 kids 
6,000 people below 25 sit in the category of homelessness, and that's um, put into three categories, primary homelessness, which is people who are sleeping on the street. Um, There's secondary homelessness, which is uh, people who are couch surfing, staying at mates' places, potentially sleeping in their cars sort of thing. Um, And then there's tertiary, which is unsecure accommodation, such as rooming houses or caravan parks. Um, And then the number across Australia is about 44,000 that sort of fit into those three categories again. And, you know, as as a country like Australia, that's just too many. Yeah. What do you think are some of the ways that uh, the Australian community can best support young people who might be homeless or at risk? There's a couple of ways that I think, um, you know, they're, they're, they're part of everyday life that you, you should really think about. I think one is when you vote is a really good one. Um, there are certain parties that put, uh, you know, social housing and social services and those sort of things as forefront of their policy and that's really important Mm. people should educate themselves and if they think that youth homelessness or homelessness in general is something that's important to them Mm. they should make sure that their sort of their local governments and their and their federal people federal governments that they vote for represent their best interests i think that's a really really good way um because there is an issue with people who are homeless don't always vote and they're such as they're they're a relatively small minority that politicians don't have to pay a big amount of attention to them so the only way is that we can change that is the general public when we're when they're deciding their voting um path that they they keep that in consideration and, and hold politicians accountable um the the other one you know without being too crude is is money you know if if, if, if you're in a financial position where you can support youth homeless services um you know, emergency relief sites like Anglicare are really good. Um, there, are, there is, you know, more specific youth homelessness. Um, Front Yard is one in the city that's great. If you can afford to give a bit of money here and there, it, it can make the difference between, you know, having an extra worker on site, you know, which means all the other workers can, you know, be a little bit more focused. All those sort of things really add up. Um, volunteering is another good one. We can always use more volunteers people who come in and you know if if i'm if i'm not sitting at sitting making up food parcels than a volunteer is it means i can potentially be doing a bit more of my case work a bit more um in-depth uh work to ensure that these young people are getting the best help that they possibly can Mm. those are three really good ways that just about anyone can do yeah when we're talking about young people who are homeless or at risk what are some of the factors that might lead them to be in that position there, there's there's a range you know unemployment is a big one i think you you, you consider COVID and the um and then you, you you don't have to go that far back for the gsc there's a whole group of young people who are going through two massive economic have gone through uh, two massive economic crises in their lifetimes which really affects youth employment and youth unemployment um family violence is a big one so physical emotional sexual abuse that one is you know that that's sort of how kids end up in care um yeah mental health issues you know uh the 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 internet becoming a day-to-day part of thing is you know is, it has been really important for sharing information but 
it's also made it really, really hard for a lot of kids. Body image issues, you know, bullying, all that stuff um, plays into mental health. And once again, being being in a being in a situation like COVID is a little bit harder to understand. I mean, adults are finding it hard, let alone young people mm. who might not always understand what's going on. Yeah, can't rationalise all the bits and pieces. Um, it all it, it all plays a part. I mean, I think I think we said it before that so much of it does does come down to education. You know, educating parents how to act appropriately in front of their children, ed- educating kids about how to enter the job market and how important it is to stay in school and get tertiary educations or those sort of things. Mm. Um, that is massive, and some kids just miss out on that, unfortunately. Yeah. What do you think is the most important thing to know or the most important thing to recognise about the topic of youth homelessness? Um, I think probably the most important thing is to understand that it goes, it, it's rarely or, or never the, the individual's fault that they got there. Hmm. There's surrounding situations that they had no control over as either a child or a teenager or a young adult that have put a whole range of obstacles um, in their path that have caused them to get there. Um, I think it's really important to keep that in mind. I mean, it's, it's becoming less and less prevalent, you know, when people say that silly line about, you know, people choose to be homeless or mm. just get a job. It's, it's, that's not really, a, you know, a reality anymore. But just in the few cases where people still find themselves thinking like that, it, it, it's important to remember that, there's very rarely, when it comes to youth homelessness, um, not some trauma in their background that they had no real control over. And I think yeah. that's really important. Yeah. So I think, Sam, that looks like the, the questions that I guess I wanted to cover and ask you about youth homelessness. But before we finish, is there anything else that you'd like to say or anything else that you'd like to, to comment on? Um, yeah, I, 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 um, probably one thing is that I think podcasts like this are really important for getting the message out um, because a lot of it does come down to people just being aware of what's going on and being aware of the ways that they can help. And the more people that are doing this and the more people that are asking the right questions, the less people there are who don't understand this and how understand how big a problem it is. So, and where where can people go if they want to find out more about Anglicare or if they want to um, volunteer? What's the best way to find out uh, more information? Anglicare Victoria website. There's a portal there which can you send through a message. You say I'm interested in volunteering, and and you can even put that specifically in an emergency relief sense. Um, that, that's it, it's that easy. Beautiful. So, Sam, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. It's been really good to have a chat um, with you about youth homelessness. Um, I think that listeners are going to really appreciate the conversation that we've had. Thanks for having me, Peter. That brings us to an end of this episode of Youth and Loud. Remember to follow us on Facebook and Twitter to stay connected or send us an email at youthandloud at gmail.com. Also, check out our website, which is youthandloud.org, where you can listen to other episodes and find out more about the show.